So it was back in 1990 when I first saw it. I saw it and thought to myself, this is cool. This is amazing. Why haven't more companies done this? What I was looking at at my childhood self was a 1989 Dodge Dakota Sport, a convertible truck issued by Dodge. Now this was something different. This was something out of the ordinary. It was a convertible pickup truck. And besides what you'd seen in mini trucking market, this was an actual factory built convertible truck. So why hadn't more companies picked up on this? Why was this amazing looking thing only from Dodge? Over the years, I started thinking of that question to myself. There are plenty of vehicles out there that just don't get the credit for being either advanced or being the first ones or being that underrated vehicle from a great company. And we could talk to you for hours upon hours of all kinds of amazing vehicles. But really, we have to take a look at the actual question itself. Why are these vehicles underrated? And why don't consumers like them? That is something we're gonna take a look today on the Autolux podcast. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the AutoLux.net podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our host website, AutoLux.net, where if you are looking for any pictures described in this video, podcast outline, or anything else from our rated vehicles to corporate websites, please check out AutoLux.net, our main host website. Big or small, we have them all corporate websites from around the globe. On top of that, we like to pay a tribute to our sponsor, Magic Mind and their brand new elixir, or as we like to call it, the world's first productivity drink. This product helps keep away brain fog and helps you keep focus. Now, if you're looking for the product, it's magicmind.co backslash auto and use our promo code, which can be found on the autolux.net website. And coming to you from our Podbeam host site across many other streaming sites for the autolux.net podcast. Now, like we said in the intro, there are lots of underrated vehicles. Lots and lots of them you could think of out there. One of the earliest ones you can ever think of, if you're an automotive tycoon as myself, you remember the 1935 Chrysler Airflow. Now, why do we bring that thing up? Why do we bring this car up? This was the first foray into aerodynamics in a production vehicle. It wasn't just an amazing looking vehicle. It was the first time a car company said, maybe aerodynamics can help us out, achieve better miles per gallon and achieve higher speeds without all that drag. They started looking into it as drag causes so many issues with the automobile itself. Now, really, it wasn't until essentially the 80s, late 80s and supercars that we started really figuring this out once again. And to the 50s, we started realizing maybe we should create some more curvature to this. But then again, we were still into that Art Deco style period with fins, tons of chrome, big bumpers, anything you could think of. The Chrysler Airflow pioneered this amazing technology, but that wasn't just the start of it. No, there were tons of vehicles even throughout the 50s and 60s and all the way up until the 2000s and now that have been those vehicles that you've all thought to yourselves, why are these vehicles so underrated? Sometimes it's just the market. Sometimes it's the marketing campaign. Sometimes it's overshadowed by another product within the product stable, or sometimes it's just too early of a product. Now, for myself playing video games, I do realize that there are video game manufacturers out there who were 
similar to this, underrated vehicles. My favorite is the Sega Dreamcast, an underrated product for its time. It was ahead of the competition when it came out. But unfortunately, like Sega, their marketing campaigns and their push wasn't great enough. Plus, the Sega name was always second tier to Nintendo and then again to PlayStation. So a company like Kaiser back in 1950, when they created the Kaiser Traveler with its hatchback rear end, making it more easily accessible to enter the rear of this sedan and allowing you to utilize the back end for picnics. It had a tailgate. It had a lifting hatch. You could literally sit in the back of it and have a picnic. Sound familiar? How many ads have you seen for the Bentley Bentanga showing rich Middle Eastern sheiks sitting in the back of their Bentley having their afternoon coffee? Hell, they even have a post you could put in the back of the Bentanga to put your Falcon when you bring it with you. Kaiser did this in 1950. 1950. Dodge got into it in 1955 with the Le Femme. Ford did it with the original Crown Vic as well. They went after the all-female market. Now in 1955, the female market wasn't as big as you think. Women were buying vehicles, but a dedicated product towards their needs was just unheard of, but it was way advanced for its time. Now it is one of those products that you can't really say is underrated in the collector's eyes because of that very unique niche it had. See, a lot of underrated vehicles fall into that niche category. Back in the 70s, both Cadillac and Lincoln had versions of the El Camino and Ranchero. For instance, the Lincoln Continental Farm and Ranch was essentially a Ranchero with a Lincoln front end. This was for those upscale ranchers to move around their plots of land. They wanted to do it in luxury and style. But this wasn't a thing that ever took off. And if you take a listen to our Luxury Trucks podcast about why the luxury truck market and luxury marks have such a difficult time trying to create luxury trucks, you'll understand more about this. But Lincoln and Cadillac both thought they can go after this market back in the 70s. They failed. They failed because the market wasn't there. There wasn't enough interest in luxury trucks. Trucks were something that standardized farmers or construction workers or trades workers or just your everyday household used to go around and beat the crap out of. These days, it's a completely different story. Thanks to the advent of the four-door pickup truck and it being pushed in the early 2000s as a replacement to the minivan or SUV, the four-door pickup truck of today is more of a family vehicle. Where back in the 70s, it was more of a work vehicle. So something brought to you by Lincoln and Cadillac was more of an underrated vehicle. These vehicles now command high margin in the retail market because of their exclusivity. You want a majorly underrated vehicle? How about we take a look back at the 1964 Pontiac GTO? The Mustang is credited as being the original muscle car. But the GTO came out just before it. So does that not mean the GTO is actually the original muscle car? Yes, it's the original muscle car. Where the Mustang was the original pony car. But as pony cars and muscle cars kind of blended together by the late 70s and into the 80s, the Mustang name was still being around to this day day and never disappearing from the limelight has put it into that original muscle car appeal where people in the automotive industry as myself look at it and say no the gto was it but why is it so underrated this was the product created by john z delorean is because people don't remember that it was the first one lots of people will tell you that the dodge caravan was the original minivan but the stout scarab of the 1930s was originally the advent of the minivan that was brought into utilization for mass market consumption under the name of the volkswagen microbus but volkswagen never called it a minivan it was a micro 
bus. It was a small bus. So really, the advent of the minivan into production form is the microbus. But it is underrated as that because people can still consider it as its own product category as the microbus. Sound familiar? Kind of reminds me of one of the bands I really love because they did a song for one of my favorite movies, Beavis and Butthead to America. We're talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And if you've listened to our Road Trippin' podcast, you know about the Chili Peppers. And the Chili Peppers are one of those groups you can't really put into a specific genre. Similar to that of Kid Rock. Is he rap? Is he rock? Is he metal? Is he... These are people that covers multiple genres. And there are lots of vehicles that even cover that. Going into the 80s, we saw a lot of this with the AMC Eagle brand. The AMC Eagle brand was basically the creation of the Crosstrek. Now take a listen to our Autolux podcast about cross treks titled Have We Crossed Treks? And you'll understand. AMC is one of the vehicles that pioneered cross treks, but the original cross trek came from the Model T, the go anywhere car. But why doesn't AMC get rated for this? They're highly underrated, even though they were there before Subaru took the world by storm. In some other forms, you get vehicles that are underrated due to the fact that their original name isn't remembered. A lot of people remember the Dacia Duster when it came out in the early 2000s. But how many of you remember the original 1981 Dacia Duster, which essentially was a two-door buggy? That is one of those underrated vehicles that just disappeared from the limelight. Similar to that, of the Cadillac Camaron. It was a Cavalier with a Cadillac logo. And in the 80s, a compact luxury car was unheard of. One of the only vehicles in the 80s to ever make it big as between a luxury premium brand compact car was built off of the K-Car platform. Yes, the Chrysler New Yorker from the 80s built up the K-Car platform is one of the few that actually did decent for itself. But it was due to the fact that it was priced properly. Where Cadillac did not price their vehicle properly, and it followed too much with the Cavalier. You looked at it and you think it's a Cavalier. You think that's it. It's not real. Or how about this? Everyone remembers the original Jeep Gladiator pickup trucks. But what about in the 80s when the Cherokee model brought out the Comanche? This was an original Jeep truck. This was a mid-sized pickup truck. Now at the time, they both had the Jeep Comanche and the Dodge Dakota. But why didn't Jeep get a lot of headway? Because at that time, Jeep wasn't a huge brand as it is today. People didn't demand and a Jeep truck back then, they just knew Jeep had a truck. There are lots of vehicles we could talk to about this. And like we said, the original 1989 Dodge Dakota Sport was one of those vehicles. A convertible pickup truck. This was not seen again until the Chevrolet SSR. Essentially, a convertible Camaro pickup truck. A new age El Camino. And yet again, a convertible pickup truck didn't take off. With the mini trucking market being as big as it is, you always wonder yourself, why don't people want to buy convertible pickup trucks? That is a question maybe for another podcast, but not this one. Or how about this? You want an underrated vehicle from the 90s. Let's talk about the fact that Dodge did release the Dakota Warrior and the Little Red Express. Yes, the Dakota had versions built. The Warrior was the reincarnation of the original Warlock, where the Warlock was overshadowed by the Little Red Express. All the Warlock was was the Little Red Express without the transport exhaust pipe. That's it. But people forget about it. Just like how GMC had the Cyclone. Not everyone remembers the Typhoon, their Jimmy version. 
was just as fast, just as amazing, but it doesn't get the credit. But then again, there are vehicles out there that don't get the credit that they really deserve only because of their looks. Remember the Aztec? It's a highly underrated vehicle. The original Aztec was a purpose-built, multi-use vehicle. Essentially, the Aztec was the invention of the active lifestyle vehicle. And why do we say that? Because it was built for active lifestyles, similar to that of the Honda Element. These were vehicles that were built for the world around them. They were built for people who wanted to get out of the cities and go exploring. But unfortunately, its packaging just wasn't there for the people. Great ideas, improperly designed. And like I always said, with my ECC brand, I actually put a Pontiac Vibe front end onto an Aztec. And had they've created the Aztec with a Vibe front end and got rid of that horrible plastic body cladding, the Aztec may have done better than it originally did. Now there are some of these vehicles that do take off. The Avalanche was one of them. Where the Aztec failed, the Avalanche picked up and the Avalanche is back again. But unfortunately, Chevrolet isn't using the Avalanche name for the Silverado EV, even though we know it's a reincarnation of the Avalanche. But the Avalanche had product in it that made it more amazing than any other pickup truck of its time. The back wall would fold so you could fit extra long products in it. Sure, it had a standard six foot box, too short for you to get drywall and plywood in without leaving your tailgate open. But, drop the back window and the back wall, you can fit that into the vehicle. The new Silverado EV is bringing this back. It's one of those technologies that people have just forgotten about. And it's one of those things that the Avalanche was underrated for. It was a purpose-built vehicle. Essentially, the Avalanche was one of the original full-size crossover utility trucks. It wasn't a dedicated truck, it was a crossover utility truck because it had the integrated box. One that wasn't a crossover utility box that failed horribly was the Lincoln Blackwood. Who wants to buy a pickup truck that has a box that can only be used to carry luggage in? Seriously! And Lincoln wonders why this thing failed. Sure, the box lit up, it was very luxurious, but it didn't have what people wanted in a truck. To be able to throw their crap in the back of it. Literally, throw their crap in the back of it. Now, not everybody wants a luxury truck, and we've already covered that. The MKT tried to take on to that, but it failed. How about one of my most favorite underrated vehicles of all time? Do you remember when Mazda created the Millennia? It was a neat, it was a sports sedan. It was a full-size sports sedan for Mazda. But why did they create it? Why did Mazda get into this? More of a premium sedan from the North American marketplace. This vehicle was underrated because this vehicle was actually supposed to be launched as the first vehicle in the Amani brand. You ever notice that Mazda does not have their own luxury mark, where all of their competition does? There's Acura, Infiniti, and Lexus, but Mazda doesn't have a luxury arm. Neither does Suzuki, but out of the big ones, Mazda doesn't have one. And the Amani brand was supposed to come out. This never happened due to the fact that Ford owned so much in Mazda at the time, they didn't want another luxury arm. So they pulled the plug on the project to make a luxury brand, but Mazda didn't pull the plug on the vehicle and created the Millennia. One of those sports sedans from the late 90s, early 2000s that still is really cool and really fun to drive, but unfortunately, they're hard to find because nobody wanted them. Now today, we're all talking about the Ford F-150 Lightning and electric pickup trucks to see who's going to be the first to sell it. Well, we all know who the first was. It was Ford originally, at least in the North American marketplace. Back in 1999, Ford released the Ranger EV, a plug-in electric Ford Ranger. Yes, plug-in electric. 
You gotta remember, this is 1999, where electric vehicles can go on average between 60 and 80 miles on a charge. That is it. Now, how many people want to buy a truck that you can only use for that amount of time? Not a lot, but Ford did build and sell them, and a few companies did buy them. But we don't remember this. Why? And why is it so underrated? Because it was overshadowed by the GM EV1, the sedan that only went 60 miles on a charge. A pileup project where all the vehicles were recalled and crushed. There are a few remaining, but unlike General Motors, Ford let the EVs out. And there are still a few of them out there. If you really want to talk about underrated vehicles, back in the 90s, Acura had the Integra. And the third generation Integra with those horrible bubble lights on the front was one of the most prominent Acura Integras of all time. But you have to remember the Integra essentially launched with the Acura brand back in 1986. But you don't see a lot of those pop-up headlight versions of it, which were similar to that of the Honda Accord of the time. Those ones were underrated only due to the fact that Acura was just released. But in the 90s, Acura had another product that was underrated until movies like The Fast and the Furious came out in the early 2000s. We're talking about the original NSX, a vehicle that Aaron Senna helped set up. He helped build this vehicle into what it eventually became. It was set up by a professional Formula One driver, one of the best in the world. With only a six-cylinder engine and the original concept with a four-cylinder, it was never taken seriously against rivals of Ferrari. But if you look at the Japanese touring circuit, the NSX qualifies in all three main categories. So even though at its time it was underrated, the NSX, the originals, are one of the most sought-after supercars from Japan. Now we're getting into the early 2000s, and ever since the late 90s and into the roughly about 2010s, we saw a lot of change in the automobile industry. Like we said, we had the Avalanche, we had the Aztec, you got the GMC Envoy XUV. This vehicle is amazing due to the fact that it had an opening portion of the roof. A lot of people might think that's not really that great, because why would you buy an SUV that's extended just so you could put stuff in the back of it that's a little bit taller? It's for those people who live in cities who don't want to buy full-size trucks. Now, this was way ahead of its time with now the mini trucking market coming out and products like the Ford Maverick and Hyundai Santa Fe essentially recreating what the XUV was, but the XUV allowed you to utilize your product on an everyday basis as an SUV, when only when it was required did you need to open it to have that box. Now, they did have a lot of issues with these vehicles and that's why it never really became bigger and into the early 2000s late just before the major financial crisis in 2008 the world was getting bigger and bigger ford gm and international all went head to head with the super duty trucks and the 2007 international mxt became one of the biggest trucks available for purchase these were official pickup trucks. they were transports with pickup truck boxes now why would anyone go out and buy one of these things well, at that time, bigger was better. Remember the Hummer H2, the Jeep Commander, the Expeditions and Tahoes were getting even bigger. And hell, even Ford had the Excursion Super Duty SUV. Bigger was better. And since gas was cheap, anyone could go bigger. And International was able to sell pickup trucks once again, but only in the major Super Duty marketplace. Now, this product slowly dwindled out due to the financial crisis. It didn't disappear completely, but as of today, it is not a major product sold by International. It was ahead of its time. Getting into electric pickup trucks, the possibility of the return of the MXT could be imminent. Similar to that in 2009 when we had the X6 and Acura ZDX, one of the original active lifestyle vehicles. When they started moving into the CUV format, everybody calls them the CUV Coupes, but these were the vehicles that would soon spearhead the active 
active lifestyle vehicle, merging more than one combination of vehicle together. Similar to that of crossovers, like the Pacifica was one of the early adaptations of the crossover vehicles. Taking a station wagon and stretching it up, making a minivan not so much of a minivan. Similar to how the PT Cruiser and Chevrolet HHR brought back the original panel vans in style, and Chevrolet, in a sense, did bring back that panel van. Now, there are a lot of underrated cars out there. There are also a lot of underrated car companies like Allard, Fornasari, and TAC. Hell, even GTA, which is now just Spano. Fornasari has been building vehicles in LA for a few decades now. And they build active lifestyle vehicles. They build CUVs and SUVs that are dedicated to markets that don't exist. Two-door active lifestyle vehicle. Hell, you can get the Fornasari RR99. If you check out the Autolux website, you'll see it. It was there before the Cayenne. Similar to that of the Local Motors Rally Fighter. And now we are starting to get into the active sport sports car market with vehicles like the Mark Phillips Gambella Marsan. It's essentially an off-road Porsche. Local Motors helped spearhead this market, which soon would bring out products like the Lamborghini Urez and held now the Ferrari Purisang. These are off-road sports cars. Now those ones have four doors where the Local Motors had two. This is a product that was amazing. Everybody took it for granted. It helped create a market that nobody else saw out there. How many people look at this market and say, I want to go off-roading in sand dunes locomotives was there zarouk was there but zarouk is from the uae where people demand off-road sand racing vehicles a lot of people will just buy a range rover sport although drop a hemi in a wrangler they don't want to go out and buy these two-door off-road buggies, but they are amazing products to look at. And unfortunately, Locomotors has since passed due to the fact that this market never took off. That is another product where markets don't take off. Some markets take forever to take off. Coda was a company who brought Chinese products to the North American marketplace as electric sedans. Back in 2012, this is before the Model S blew up on the marketplace. Coda, their product was a lot cheaper, but people weren't into electric vehicles. Similar to that of the Myers Motors NMGH, the Sparrow. If you've seen Austin Powers Gold Member, you've seen one of these things, those weird little vehicles that they put Preparation H into. Now, the pod market that this falls into is blowing up right now, especially in Asian markets. But there's a product from over 10 years ago. Why didn't it blow up back then? Because we didn't need vehicles that small. Just like back in 2003, 13 before Hummer disappeared, they finally had a true pickup truck with the H3T. This was an underrated product due to the fact that it came out just before the demise of the Hummer brand. It gave people what they finally wanted from Hummer, a true pickup truck. And now, with the resurgence of Hummer, they can go after this market once again. There have been a lot of underrated vehicles and even technology throughout the automotive history, like a Maybach Landoule with the half-folding roof, Dodge Ram with the storage units built into the box, the Belor Blue Car built for public use in France, the Felino CB7, a track-focused vehicles from Canada of all places, and Charge Electric and their electric 67 Mustang. Vehicles that are underrated. Vehicles that don't get the promotion that they deserve. Vehicles that are overshadowed by the major automotive corporations of the world. These are products that people need to take a look at. Products that came out of the wrong time. Products that were ahead of their time. Products that were poorly executed in design. Or products that came out from the wrong companies 
or even products like the first car I ever owned, Chrysler Concorde 94. It was originally set up to be a rear wheel drive vehicle, but at the last minute Chrysler scrapped that and made it front wheel drive due to the fact that they thought everybody in the world wanted front wheel drive cars because my generation grew up on front wheel drive is safer. And then arrives the Charger. If the Concorde had been a rear wheel drive vehicle, it probably would have been a lot bigger for Chrysler, but they chose to scrap those plans, even though those vehicles can still be made into rear wheel drive vehicles. Sometimes an underrated vehicle is underrated for its purpose. The company pulled out of all of the good ideas at the last second. Look at the DeLorean. Due to financial constraints at the last minute, his vehicle looked like it wanted to, but the quality issues, some of the safety issues, it was plagued by problems not caused by DeLorean himself, but caused by outworldly issues. That made the DeLorean an underrated vehicle when it came out. And eventually that company fell away and disappeared until Back to the Future brought it into the limelight and made it as big as it is today. So some of these underrated vehicles can live on. They just don't get the headway as they should. How many of you remember the BMW Z3 when it showed up in GoldenEye? Now, how many of you remember the BMW Z1 that started the Z lineup? Not a lot, but that car started in its sliding doorway. So really, all in all, there are so many underrated vehicles. We can go on, like we said in the beginning, we could go on and on for hours. But a few of these vehicles are just totally underrated in the concept that they came out at the wrong time. They changed technology in the end. They were overshadowed by another company or overshadowed by another product in their line or another division from the same company. Or they were products that were never given the title that they should have. So really, when you start really looking into vehicles, there's a lot of underrated products out there and a lot of underrated companies out there. But with so many people fighting for a piece of that automotive pie, even though our population is exploding, that pie isn't growing as it once did. So with all these companies fighting over that piece of pie and less people interested in the different pieces of that pie, some of these vehicles will never show their true colors until they are nearly forgotten. So, if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it. And, if you want to see more products that we talked about from this podcast, please go to our website at autolooks.net and check out for the podcast titled Underrated Vehicles. You'll see all of these vehicles and be able to see how some of these vehicles may have been ahead of their time or may have had issues. They may have been trapped under a microscope by somebody who just didn't see it then, but saw it later. So please like, share, or comment. Check out the website. Go look at some corporate sites. Hell, we even got help pages to bring you to places of car complaints, car issues, help to fix things. It's all available on the autolux.net website. We like to put a shout out to thank our host site, podbeam.com, for all the help they give us on getting this podcast out into the world. And on our site, check out Magic Mind. They're one of our new sponsors and their product really helps you out. It gets you focused on your day and what you need to get going and get through the day on the Magic Mind products. So check it out. We even have a discount code on the website on autolux.net. So for myself, Everett J, and the whole Autolux website and podcast, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride that a few of these amazingly underrated vehicles are going to take us on.